Welcome to this week's Manor House message. We are grateful you are listening with us today. It is our prayer that you will receive a fresh word from God and find encouragement for every season of your journey. Let's listen to this message from Pastor Garrett. You all look so fantastic this morning on this beautiful fall day. So I just want to welcome you all, whether you are here or at any of our other campuses or even online. We just want to say thank you for being with us this morning. We are so excited to have you here. That's right. How many are glad to be in church? You know, today is a, a special day for us where I take my mic off and throw it behind because it's humming. Um, but hey, listen, this is Vision Sunday for us. And if you're new to Manor House, this, this is an opportunity for us just to stop. You know, we do, we do a lot of church together and a lot of life together, but this is a moment where we stop and we, we really just talk about not only what God has done and what he is doing for us and through us, but most importantly today, we're gonna talk about what God is doing in us. And, uh, you know, as we talk about this idea of filled with potential, um, we recognize that there are literally hundreds and hundreds of people that come into our family every year that really don't have the opportunity to just hear about Manor House and really who we are as a church family. And so that's exactly what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about that. In fact, if you are here this morning on any of our campuses and you've been in our family for less than one year, would you do me a favor? We just, we just want to celebrate you. Would you stand to your feet? We just want to just say, welcome to the family. We are so glad that you are here. Come on, dozens and dozens of people all over. We sure love you guys. Wow. Wow. So today we're actually going to share with you a few stories that are really representative of the hundreds of stories that have taken place in people's lives this year. And these stories each illustrate um, just that God potential that lives inside each one of us. God has put something in every single one of you. And these stories just illustrate some of that. 
And you know, one of the things that is so important to understand is that there is a God seed in every one of us. And what we're going to talk about today is not just some stories of where God touched some people in significant ways and talk about that in the word. We're going to unlock things in your heart. And this is what I want you to do as we dive into a couple stories. We're going to do something a little bit different today, but I want you to open up your heart and your spirit and just say, God, I want you to speak to me today. I want you to move in my life today. God, help me to leave different than when I came in. How many are willing to pray that daring prayer today? Come on. And so on every campus, I just want you to sit back, just dial in, lean forward, and let's just celebrate some of the stories of what God has done through Manor House in the lives of so many people. So let's go to the screen and watch this now. You know, you, you always think you're selfless until it's time to really be selfless. My name is Rajiv Harry. I'm 34 years old. I'm a health and wellness coach. Grew up in Portland my whole life, so I'm a native, not a transplant. Born and raised in the P. As an adult, I didn't have a church community or a church home. But as I grew older and as I started to stray a little bit, uh, I wasn't sure of my connection and I kind of drifted from the church, uh, if you will. Not that my belief in God drifted, but I just didn't have a connection, a personal connection. My walk wasn't yet defined uh, with God myself wanting to be a better man and wanting to be a leader, I had to start to train my heart. I started to train my body, then I started to train my mind and started developing this mindset. So that was what was helping me sustain these habits. It was helping me actually live in values of good health. Um, and then the void, as I was growing older, was the spirituality. So as I continued to evolve as a man, as I continued to grow, I realized, even in my relationship with my wife, I realized there was a void and, and that was my relationship with God. So I wanted to explore that more as an adult because I was now in the right headspace and heart space to receive God. So when we were first graced with, with Peyton's presence, we were just freshly married. And uh, honestly, we were happy to help, but there was a lot of fear that lived in my heart of, of do we have the ability to take care of, of someone else's child? We felt like she was God's gift because she had so much charisma and energy. And at times her temperament was off, but it was just because of her situation, she was confused. We, through the grace of God, we became her legal guardians and we've been able to protect her. And we're in the process of fully adopting her. So not just in our hearts becoming her parents, but legally becoming her parents. One of the aspects I loved the most about Mana House was the community. Uh, we felt like there was no, um, no walls in that church. It was just, it was very free and open. There was diversity, there was young people, old people. I didn't even think about exploring another church or another community because I felt like God's timing for putting us there and introducing us to all these people um, and getting that word in our hearts was was just impeccable timing. What, I, what I'm most excited for uh, in the future is the people that we're gonna be able to reach, the people that we're gonna be able to impact. Because I believe that Manor House breads servant leaders. I've discovered in my journey as a man, um, a husband, uh, a father, a leader, that your purpose is equated to your service. And I think this church has been planted here for a purpose. And I'm excited for the positive impact that we're going to make on so many people's lives.
What a powerful story, huh? Um, I, I think if you looked closer at that video, you would see that Rajiv's body looks just like mine. Um, it's really important to catch that part of the story. But, um, you know, as I just stop and I think about this one man that really had a focus on his life, his agenda, his ambitions, his dreams, how one encounter with Jesus changed absolutely everything. And it's incredible to think about that in our own lives is that, you know, when we have this personal encounter with Christ, for those of you that would consider yourself Jesus followers, it's like something happens. It's like all of a sudden you begin to see something from a different angle, not from your angle, but from God's angle. And one of the things as we talk about Vision Sunday, not just what we do, but who we are, is this whole idea that, that we as Manhouse, we want to create spaces where people can encounter Jesus. Because isn't that what it's all about? One touch from Jesus in your life can change everything. That's where someone should get excited and say amen. Because I believe that's exactly, exactly what we're all about is that people can have this personal, radical, intimate encounter with Jesus every single day of their life. And it will change everything. And you know, in the Bible, there's, there's a gentleman, his name is Jonathan. And we're going to pick up a story today about Jonathan. He's in his mid-teens in this story. He's the son of King Saul. And if you have your Bible, you can open up to 1 Samuel 14. I'll have it on the screen. We're just going to look at a couple verses. But here is one young man, like you and me, facing challenging circumstances. But he was willing to look at his world and his life from a different angle. From the natural it looked like there was nothing going for him. From God's perspective, he could see, you know what? I, I'm filled with potential. I can do great things for God if I can look at my life through him and through his filter, just like Rajiv did. And so in 1 Samuel 14, we see this story where the children of Israel, that they're, they're, they're in a hopeless situation. There is literally an army, the Bible says, like the grain of sands of the sea surrounding them. There's only about 600 of the army that are existing. There's no weapons. The, the, the Philistines have removed all of the weapons. There's one sword in the entire land. And here are 600 guys surrounded by this vast army. It looks desperate. It looks hopeless. And it's in this context that we see Jonathan recognize the potential that's in front of him and inside of him that causes a great victory. And I want to say today for the Manahouse family, I believe despite what we're facing as a nation, despite the hatred and the injustice, the racial tensions, the rebuke against women and gender. I'm here to say, by the way, that we as a church family are gonna recognize the potential in us and we're gonna make a difference today in the day in which we live. Can I hear an amen? I just believe that. And so I wanna learn something this morning from Jonathan and I, I wanna put these verses on you today. I want you to leave inspired and passionate about the potential that is in you. And as the story unfolds in 1 Samuel 14, verse 1, it says this. It says, one day Jonathan said to his armor bearer, it says, come on, let's go over to where the Philistines have their outpost. Sounds crazy. Here's two guys that are going to go against an army 
the size of the grains of the sands of the sea. He says, we're going to go to where they're at. We're not going to wait till they come. And you have to ask the question, as the conversation's taking place in the camp, I'm sure King Saul has talked about all of the problems and it looks like we're doomed and hopeless. We have no weapons. We have this one sword. But in the context of this particular story, he begins to see his circumstance, not through the natural, but through God's perspective. And something begins to shift. There had to have been this moment. It was like there was an encounter that he had with the living God that put upon him this idea that God plus one equals a majority. And no matter what he was facing, no matter what challenges were in front of him, no matter how impossible it looked, he could stand up and say this, I'm going after them. Nothing's gonna stop me. God's for me. Who can be against me? And I'm gonna go make a difference because I believe God's spoken to me to go do great things for him. And I love that position of what happens in Jonathan's life. He has an encounter. My prayer for you this morning is you have that encounter. That you're here this morning feeling insignificant, average, overwhelmed, and something comes upon you on every campus where all of a sudden you go, no way, man, I can do great things for God. Why? Because Jesus is king. Come on, Jesus is king. Jesus is king. King of kings, Lord of lords in my life and in your life. And as the story unfolds, verse four, it says this, no one realized that Jonathan had left the Israel camp. To reach the Philistine outpost, Jonathan had to go between two rocky cliffs that were called Bozes and Senna. There are these three words that, that, that unfold in this particular phrase that I want you to see. It's the three words, had to go. Let me say this about you. When God speaks to you and when you recognize the potential of God that's in you, you'll have to go. Nothing will get in the way. Nothing will distract you. There will be something that happens in you that says, I'm going to lay everything else aside. I'm, I'm created by God to do great things for him. I have to go. Despite what the journey looks like. Some of you are facing difficult circumstance right now. As you look at this particular scripture where it talks about the two rocky cliffs, this whole idea of Bozes, Bozes is, is actually in the Hebrew, it means the place of shining. If you could just kind of think about Jesus for a second, the rock, capital R, the rock, Jesus the king. What Bozes actually means is that, but Senna means this, it means the cliff of thorns. And it's actually like God says, okay, I've got great things in store for you, but I'm going to take you through a season where Jesus is on one side and your challenges are on the other. But know this for sure as you see the story impact. God's going to do great things in your life. Why? Because you're filled with potential. You have a God word. There's a seed of God in you to do great things. If someone's excited about that, you should give Jesus a shout now. Come on. And in verse six, it says this. I, I love the way that this thing ends, this, this particular portion of scripture. It says, now let's go across to the outpost of those pagans. Jonathan says this to his armor bearer. And then he says this, I love this. This is for you this morning. Perhaps the Lord will help us. For nothing, come on, say nothing. Nothing, nothing can hinder the Lord. 
He can win a battle whether there are many warriors or only a few. See, the challenge with Israel is they backed up because of what they didn't see. He stepped forward because what he did see. See, they were waiting for the masses. Like we're outnumbered 600. They're waiting for the masses. Jonathan says, uh, there's only one mass. His name's God. God plus me equals the majority. If he's in my corner, nothing's going to hinder me. Nothing can stop me. Nothing can hold me back. Why? Because I serve Jesus, who is the king. And I love this. And as this unpacks, and you see this throughout scripture, you go into Romans chapter six, Paul writes about this and he says this. I want you to catch this. He says, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Old Testament, they would have a temporary encounter with the Holy Spirit and he would leave. In the New Testament, this is what this is saying, and you've got to catch this, is that the the spirit of the living God comes and not only resides in you, but stays there. The Christ in you, the hope of glory that you have. When we talk about filled with potential, it says that the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead, that same spirit lives in you. So whatever you're facing, you say, if it could, if that spirit, if the Holy Spirit could raise Jesus from the dead, that same power, that same anointing, that same Holy Spirit is in your life and there's nothing that can hinder God in you. Why? Because the Holy Spirit resides in you. Man, I'm so excited about this word. Come on, someone say filled with potential. It's not your own strength. It's not your pedigree. It's not your degree. It's not your IRA. It's not your checkbook. It's not your good looks. It's not what you're carrying, what kind of purse or shoes or what kind of pants you're wearing. It's the Holy Spirit that lives in you that says, I've got potential in me to go do great things for God. Man, I love that. See, I want you to see this, that that faith is the window. We're talking about faith here now. Faith is the window into God's perspective of the potential that resides in you. You have to see it from God's perspective. You can't look at you through your perspective. You've got to look at the way God sees you. And he sees you as a champion. He sees you as significant. He sees you as chosen. He sees you as an heir of God, a joint heir of Christ. That's how he sees you. So let's see through his window and recognize, like Rajiv saying, if I have an encounter with Jesus today and recognize who's in my life, nothing can hinder me from accomplishing great things for God. What would it look like? If we just stopped and paused this morning, every campus and just said, God, help me to have an encounter with you today. God, remove the blinders, the insecurities, the fears, the condemnations, the lies of the enemy that tell you you're no good. You'll never amount to anything. You've already blown it too much. What, What if we were to eradicate those thoughts and put on a different narrative that says this? I'm filled with potential. Why? Because Christ resides in me. Here's what I want to do today. I want to look at another amazing story. Beautiful lady. She goes to our downtown campus. Her name's Simone. 
And here is another lady that's part of the Manna House family that recognized the potential of God that was in her. Let's check out her story right now. So I just kind of saw God as being a genie who just changes the outside as opposed to being your savior who changed you from the inside out. My name is Simone Charlie. I'm 24 years old and I play professional soccer. I would say definitely self-confidence is something that I struggled with a lot growing up. Um, just being transparent. Uh, I was always one of the only black kids on my soccer team and always one of the few black people in my high school and middle school. And I think that kind of created somewhat of an identity crisis of just trying to figure out who I am. And up until that point, I feel like if you'd have asked me what my testimony was, it would have been about my getting a scholarship and being able to play sports in college after um, I had quit and didn't think that it'd be possible. And I just thought, oh, that's what God does. He changes situations. But I feel like it wasn't until my junior year of college that I realized that he could change the inside. And I think that that came from like the Olympic trials. 2016, that was <laughs> very eventful year for me so that was the Olympic trials for track and field and I would say that's probably the hardest I've ever worked for anything um, just training 24-7 eat sleep breathe track and field with that one goal in mind of being making it to the Olympics and so in my head I'm like oh, this is perfect you know make it to the Olympics say thank you God <laughs> like this is great um, but it didn't work that way at the end of that semester I had just hit a really low moment in my life. And I remember going into Lydia's dorm room and just crying to her. It's just like, Lyd, I can't do this anymore. I don't know what's going on. I'm just anxious all the time. I can't leave my room. This is just, yeah, I just reached a really low point. Um, she was going through some stuff as well. And we just decided, hey, we're gonna try this Christianity thing out, but like for real this time. <laughs> and so we just decided to hold each other accountable, just spending time with the, in the word and uh, being diligent and seeking God. And that accountability from her is what essentially just changed my life. I came to Portland February 16th of last year, um, got invited to go try out for the Thorns in preseason. Uh, didn't make it and so I was a practice player all last season. I think that was the first time that I ran to God when things got challenging as opposed to the Olympic trials and then I came back this year and tried out again for the Thorns and ended up making it this year which is really exciting and been able to just play my rookie season here. So I got a phone call from my mom and she's like I ran into these two guys there they're asking about the Vulcan which is just a statue and um, she's like, yeah, and I was like asking them, oh, like, what are you in town for? And they're like, oh, a, a church conference. And I was like, what? I work at a church. And so anyways, my mom was like, oh, they're like, oh, we're from the Portland, Vancouver area. And my mom's like, what? My daughter just moved there and she's trying to find a church home. And so um, AZ ended up giving my mom his business card. And my mom calls me and was like, hey, I got a church for you. And as soon as I walked in, I loved it. And I was like, this, this is home. And I think that I've learned that God is good before I could say I was a professional soccer player, and he's still gonna be good long after I'm done playing pro soccer. Another great story. Someone just like you and me that had a personal encounter with Christ. And what's interesting about this story is, is that she actually thought that there was one plan for her life, but as she encountered Christ, God had a bigger plan. 
that really she found that her true identity wasn't in necessarily what she did. It wasn't in a sports career. It was in who she was. And this, this is what we believe, and this is so important for every one of us to get. At Manhouse, we believe this, that who you are in Christ is who you are. It's not what you do, and it's not what you don't do. It's who you are. And here's the kicker about the story, and I love it, is she thought she was going to go off into the Olympics, but God said, hey, listen, love your little plan. I've got a bigger plan for you. And as she submitted herself to Christ and tried to not do things on her own strength, but got the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords involved, all of a sudden the game changed because she recognized that the potential that was in her was much greater than the potential where she tried to do life by herself. Can I hear an amen? And the beauty of this is this, is God did more. More than she could ever have imagined, as it says in Ephesians 3.20, it says this, that, that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you could ask or think according to the power of Christ that's working what? In us, that Christ is in us. And what that scripture means is this, on your own, whatever you're thinking about, even whatever you're praying, whatever you're doing, God would say this with a chuckle, it's too small. It's just simply too small. And there's this idea that we see in the scripture. In fact, Paul talks about it over 150 times in the New Testament. It's like, hello, McFly. He wants us to understand this idea about Christ living on us and us being in him. You read the whole book of Ephesians. It talks about us being in him. And throughout the New Testament, it talks about that every single one of us, that we are in Christ, that we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. Greater is he that is what? In me than he that is in the world. Paul says, Galatians 2.20, he says, there's no longer, he says, it's no longer I who live. He says, I'm a walking dead man. No longer I who live, it is Christ who lives in me. And you wonder why he could pen two-thirds of the New Testament and raise people up and heal people. It wasn't because he was a great communicator. He went on to even say he was probably one of the worst. He says, it's not my eloquence of speech, but it's the demonstration of power in me that allows me to do great things. He understood that it was Christ in him. Second Corinthians five talks about this. You got to get this. If you're a Jesus follower, it says this, it says all things are passed away. That means your dreams, your ambitions, your life, everything. It says, behold, all things become new. You become a new creation. That doesn't just mean that you've just got a God to talk to once in a while or that you're forgiven or that there's a place to find healing. You're actually a new, new person. There's a new nature. There's a new identity. You have a new future. You, you become a new person. And when we get to that space and we recognize that, we all of a sudden begin to realize this. I'm filled with potential, not my strength, but the living Christ, Jesus, the King, he lives in me. I don't need to just continually ask, oh, come and I need to pray. He's, he's already in you. He's there. He's in you. Can someone get excited about that? He's in you. I love that. I like what it says where it says that Jonathan didn't tell his father what he was doing. 
He, he wasn't looking to the natural means to accomplish the challenge. There's just 600 of them. He, he knew that victory wasn't going to come through an army. It wasn't going to come through his dad. He had a word. He understood the potential in him. And he chose to say this. I'm not going to even tell my dad, not out of rebellion, because I don't want to engage the natural in what God has for me in the supernatural. And so he chose to take this place to say, I'm going to do all of this stuff for God. Guys, what would it look like? This is Vision Sunday. We're talking about who you are and who we are. What would it look like if you just stopped the day and said, you know what? I'm in Christ. The living God lives in me. God, come and unlock things in my life and in my heart that I might do great things for you. I mean, what would that look like? If we begin to think of ourselves not as average or insignificant, but we look at ourselves as Jesus looks at us, heirs of God, joint heirs of Christ, ambassadors, filled with the potential to do great things with God. You're not an accident. You're not insignificant. It's not too late. You have not done too much to not experience the full measure of God's reconciliation, restoration, fresh filling to do great things for God. I'm, we, we've got six people up front that are so excited about Jesus. Man, I'll tell you what. I'm hoping every campus right now is doing cartwheels as we sit here and just kind of give a golf clap. Come on. We have Jesus in us. You're filled with potential. What if you were to unlock, unlock some stuff, the dreams and desires, the, the thought that God's put in you. There's people here today. You've had this thought, Hey, I, I, I have a business idea. And I believe that if I could just do this business idea, I could unlock millions of dollars. Why not start today? Why not unlock that? I had one, one guy come up to me after the first service. I was talking about a guy in our church that actually believes God's going to use him to give a seven-figure donation to the church, which if you do your math there, it's a little over a million bucks. But he's, just, he's so excited about this idea. He's got some thoughts. And another few guys came up and said, I'm feeling the same thing. I said, well, let me pray for you. Come on, how many think that's a good prayer? Come on. But why not? If that potential's in you, unlock it. Believe it. Pray over it. There, there, there's some of you here, ladies, listen, God's put a call upon your life. I don't care what people are saying these days. At this place, you want to preach up here. You want to lead groups. We have lady elders. I'm just telling you this, that there's potential in you. There's potential in you. I don't care what gender you are, what age you are, what race you are. In this house, Manor House, we're going to say this. There's a place for you. You're significant. You belong. And God can unlock potentials in your life. Some of you have books in you. We have a few people, Howard Roshinsky over at the Mill Plank campus and April Allen. We have Stephanie Anderson here. They're feeling God's stirring. Said, I think I got some books in me. They're writing books that are getting published and put out there. I thank God that they recognize that potential. Some of you see yourself as a, as a, as a group leader. Get into it. Start a group. What would it look like if we just stopped and said, listen, there's potential in me. There's greatness in me. Help me not to just live life on average. 
Help me not to continue to think that I'm insignificant. Help me to move beyond just sitting here and showing up and just attending and leaving and going back to life as if it's separate. Jesus, help us as a church family in the day and age in which we live to just say, I want to do my part. Listen, I understand there's a Philistine army coming my way. I know it's impossible odds, but you know what? God plus one equals a majority. Jesus is king. So here's what I want to do. I want to look at another amazing story. Beautiful couple. How God worked in their life. Another man and house story. People that understand the potential of God in them. Let's check this out. This whole experience for me has brought me back to uh, the simple things, you know, the things that you don't really even think about when things are just amazing. My name is Andrew Wachowski. I'm 34 and I'm a firefighter. I'm Chelsea, I'm 33, and I take care of three amazing girls. Well, what happened was uh, January 2nd, we found out that we were pregnant with our third um, child and uh, January 4th, we found out that Chels uh, might have um, MS or a relative of it. Yeah, so I started experiencing symptoms, and for me, symptoms were numbness in my hands. It started in my hands, and that was back in October. And uh, gradually, over the course of three, three to four months, I was numb over my entire body from the neck down. So it... At work, I see a lot of things, a lot of really difficult things, um, but it's never my family. I process it a lot differently than uh, where, in this case, it was hitting my family, it was hitting my home. Um, when, when we found out, uh, well, after we kind of found out, okay, this is, this is something serious, and, and I was losing more of my ability to just do day-to-day things, uh, we were pretty scared. I, I was pretty fearful, and um, it was, Pretty. I didn't expect myself to do this. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was pretty wonderful to have a community that really stepped up, and um, even in a time where we didn't really ex- expect. I had friends come fold laundry for me and help me, just the basic, basic of needs. And, and Mana House is amazing because we usually do things on our own. We're, we're pretty go-getters and uh, self-sufficient. And it's quite humbling to realize that you can't do it on your own and you need help. And uh, what Mana House provided was not just the people that we knew. It wasn't just the friends that are in just our direct community, but it was women and families that we had never met before that had heard our story and just saw they need help and they, they provided and, and, and helped us out in, in so many various ways. And it was quite amazing to see that happen in a time of need. So this whole thing is just brought in perspective those simple things. Um, and for me, I just, I savor those moments now a lot more because uh, it was, in, if for a glimpse of time, it was over the course of months, all of that was in jeopardy. And uh, we didn't know what the new normal was going to be. And um, miraculously, through this whole process, um, Chelsea is doing so much better. And we're not completely out of this yet, um, but she has recovered 99%. 
And, uh, you know, uh, we're going to continue to go see the experts and keep an eye on this forever. Um, but the new normal now is just really just savoring every little thing that we can uh, with each other in our time and our, and our girls. Once again, a beautiful story of just a wonderful couple, just like you and me, doing life, wishing for the best, wanting family. And all of a sudden there comes a, a train wreck. And you know the reality as we look around this room, um, life, the way it unfolds, it's, it's, it's never like what we expected. Life's tough, life's hard. And unfortunately, this is kind of what we think about in our society today, I can do it. We live in this narcissistic world that tells us we're just gonna go ahead and stay a little protected and we're gonna hide just a little bit from wanting to be honest and vulnerable. But, but here's the kicker, guys. Life was never intended to do alone. It just wasn't. And as we talk about Vision Sunday, this idea of filled with potential, this isn't just what's in you, but this is what's in you also for those around you. So I'm grateful for my relationship with Christ, but I'm grateful for my relationship with my friends and my family. I couldn't do it without them. And I think about Manor House. It's, it's a family who believes that God's provision comes through the house. It's why we call ourselves Manor House, Church for the Journey, is that we believe manor representing God's provision and miracle provision, that representing Christ, but it represents everything that's a part of his kingdom, that everything that you need, he has for you in this house. The Bible says this in Psalm 68, it says that God sets the solitary into family. What that, what that really means is this, is that God's the one that brought you here. See, we might think that we're out there quote unquote church shopping, or we're, we're gonna go check out to see what we like. The Bible says that you make your plans, but God directs your steps. And somewhere in the foundation of time, God knew that you were supposed to be a part of this family. And he directed your steps to be in this family. Not just so that the family could receive and, and excuse me, not, not just that the family could come and bless you and help you and encourage you and care for you, but so that you could do that with others. Let, let me just say it this way. We are not complete as a family without you. Without you being all that God created you to be. Church is not a service. It's not an organization. It's not an attending thing that we do. We are family. We're family. We do life together. And there's something that is in you. There's gifts and talents and abilities that God put in you that he desires you to use. There are people waiting to be touched and be blessed and encouraged and built up because of you. And so he's placed you into the family. First Corinthians 12 talks about that, that listen, that God looks at all of the gifts and that he places us, that God places us into the body so that every part would function. And here's the kicker, guys. Matthew 25 tells us this, that if we don't activate those gifts and talents and abilities in us, that we're actually held accountable for that someday. 
He gave you your experiences and your brokenness and your pains and your struggles. He gave you your finances, your ability to make money and wealth. He gave you just all that you have in you to come and to be a part of the greatest thing happening on planet Earth. It is called the local church. It's called the family, Manhouse. I love the way that this story ends with Jonathan. It says that he didn't go there alone. He said to his armor bearer, meaning, I'm going to trust you with a life-altering thought here. I can't afford for you to go tell daddy. I can't afford for... Listen, I need you next to me. We're going to go do this together. The end result of this story, the Bible actually says that there was great victory. That as they got up and they walked through and recognized their potential, God single-handedly used these two men to take out that entire army. They begin to get confused. It actually says in, in one of the translations in verse, verse um, 16 and 17, it says that, that there was actually panic sent by God into their midst. I want to send some panic into our world today against the devil. Well, what would it look like? What would it look like if we together became who God's called us to be? that every one of us understood the potential in us. What God potential is in you that might become a reality this year? What is that? What do you need to unlock? What's your next step? I believe that God's doing great things in our midst. He's got great things in store for us. And together, we're going to go make a difference. Can I hear an amen? Let me ask you to do something, if you wouldn't mind, on all the campuses. Could you stand to your feet? And, and if you do me a favor, I, I just want to just take this as a holy moment. I'm just going to ask you, don't slip out. Just, just settle in for a second. And I want you just to open up your heart. We're going to sing a beautiful song that we picked for this moment. And think about what is it that's keeping you from unlocking the full potential that's in you, whatever that is, insecurity, a fear, a doubt, an experience, a struggle. And as you worship him today, what I want you to do is I just want you to give it to him. And I want you to just leave here with a fresh touch of the power of God in your life. We can do great things in the years to come. Can I hear an amen? Let's sing this song together. Thank you for listening to another Mana House message. Our hope is that you find fresh bread for your journey each time you join us here. Until next time.